0: Welcome to the Simple Walk Podcast. We're Craig and Diane Brown, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about how Jesus loves us so much. He gives us the tools and the wisdom to make it through the hard stuff like a duck. The effects of stress can just roll right off. We'll look at some scripture that shows us, really, the formula for getting through stressful times by giving it all to Him. Let's get started. So we'll just go ahead and dive right into scripture like we typically do, and we'll start in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 20 and 21, which says, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work.
1: Yeah, we wanted to look at that and capitalize on the word prepared. But if you back up just a little bit, it says that whoever cleanses himself. Right? So we see that there is action to be taken. We've had an episode that was on these particular verses before, but we wanted to talk about preparing ourselves for ways to overcome stress. How do we? How do we deal with the stress of life? How do we deal with the pressures of all sorts of things.
0: There's just life, there's stress throughout life, I guess if you want to call it that, but then there's also stress that's kind of debilitating.
1: Yes, that's true.
0: And so what are we talking about?
1: Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. We wanted to look at a few disciplines that the Lord has set in place for us, it was in the Old Testament, but it's very important that we really listen to what this is saying because if we really want to live victorious and we want to live a life that is going to be set apart unto the Lord and sanctified, useful for the Master, prepared for every good work, as that verse just quoted, um, we want to make sure that we are applying the principles that He set in place for us. And so we wanted to talk about exactly what that looks like so that our hearts. In life, when circumstances come, you know, the word stress means if you think about it, you have a beam and there's pressure that's put on that beam, downward pressure, all of a sudden there's stress on that beam. And some, when you have an engineer, he'll engineer beams that they're able to handle certain amounts of pressure. And our life is grounded in Jesus. But if it's not, sometimes we're fragile. And sometimes those beams, the stress of those pressures that w- that life puts on them, Sometimes they break, sometimes they crack. They crack. But the pressure is something that we have to deal with, that we're carrying the weight of it. We're trying to handle it ourselves. But in Christ, He's given us a formula, so to speak. He's given us his word so that we can begin to experience the power of His word in life and in our life in a way that's uh, amazing. So we just wanted to tap into exactly what that looks like. And so we're going to Deuteronomy chapter six.
0: And I think we're going to do one through nine, but we're going to concentrate on just a few of those, but just to set the stage for it. So Deuteronomy six, beginning in verse one. Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments, which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess.
1: Right. And there's kind of a secret right there, because, you know, in the New Testament and through Christ, now all of a sudden, everything is in the Spirit. In the Old Testament, they were dealing with the physical realm. In the New Testament, we are able to look and see what are the spiritual applications of the the physical realm. In the Old Testament, like the I've mentioned before, the it's like a coloring book. The Old Testament is the pictures, and the New Testament kind of gives the inscriptions under the pictures to tell and explain what the pictures are that we're looking at.
0: That's a really good way to think about it.
1: It kind of is. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the—
0: And that's showing that the Old Testament is very relevant—
1: Absolutely. Is every
0: bit as relevant as the New Testament.
1: It is. It's amazing. It's just different. It is different. And it starts off by saying, this is the commandment. So the reason why the Lord lays out these commandments to us, why he's saying, look, you you need to do this in order to be able to live a life that is blessed' and set apart for my glory, you need to do what I'm going to tell you to do. So.
0: so in the Old Testament, they were crossing over the Jordan to go into the promised land. For us, we've crossed over from a life of
1: exactly. sin yes.
0: to a life where Jesus has redeemed us of that sin. It's a
1: new That's life. That's
0: our land that we are possessing.
1: (laughs) The Bible says, old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. And that's our new life. Uh, We have a life that is in Christ that is not conditional to those old things or the things of the world, but is set free by the power of Jesus.
0: So it goes on in verse 2, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life and that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey.
1: So if we look at that, verse 2, that word fear, when it says that you may fear the Lord your God, it's in reference to reverencing Him. It's almost uh, like dad, you know, I mean, it's, it's a very... Like he's your father, your heavenly father. He's here to take care of you. He is wanting you to reverence him, to recognize that that he is all in all. I use that quite a bit to say he's everything. He's the creator of heaven and earth. He's the supplier of life. He's the giver of life. And he is love. And so if we begin to see all that he's given us and, and has available to us, it should in like, if you're looking at this logically, right, you're going to go, I should really want to surrender my life to him. I should want to allow his presence to flow through me so that I could have peace and joy and, you know, have...
0: Which is what we're all looking to attain, peace and joy and...
1: That's what we hope for, yes. Yes. And a lot of people are striving for that. Yes. But that's not um, what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to cleanse ourselves of all the yuck of this world so that he can empower us and strengthen us and... Fill us full of his joy and his peace, because he's the Prince of Peace, Jesus. But it says that, um, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you and your sons and your grandson at all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. What I believe this is saying to us today is that our life, as long as we live in the power of His glory, our life will be full of Him. He's the potter, we're the clay. We're here for Him in every moment of every day. And if God, God be willing, I'll be here tomorrow and the next day. But meanwhile, I am here full of the glory of God, living a life that is set apart for Him in eternity. Eternity is happening right now our days will live for eternity. There is no end of life here. It is a continuation into eternity with the Father. And so, our days will live for eternity with Him. Verse 3, it says, Therefore hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it. That means really take note, take note of your time. You know, time is interesting um, that we need to really uh, be purposeful in how we use our time. And we want to set it aside for the glory of God. Be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, when the Lord talks about milk and honey, he's talking about, because the promised land is a land flowing with milk and honey he says milk has to do with the fact that cattle the livestock is going to be very prolific it's going to be very there's going to be a lot of them it's going to be very prolific in the sense that there's going to be a lot of babies being born and so the the females and the livestock are going to it's going to be a land flowing with milk And honey is showing that the vegetation aspect of the the environment is going to be prolific and it's going to have a lot of, uh, like, the vegetables are going to grow and the fruit trees are going to be blossoming. There's going to be a lot of bees that are spreading the pollen. So what it's saying is a land flowing with milk and honey is it's going to be a very prolific environment where everything is prospering and blessed and that God's going to really be upon the land. It's not going to be a desert land. It's a land that's very prosperous and very, very blessed. So that's what that means when it says land flowing with milk and honey. Our life also in Christ, as we surrender our life to him, our life will blossom with his miraculous power in it. It will cause what we do, whatever we set our hand to do to prosper. He will begin to give us wisdom and he will begin to move through us so that we are blessed in a way that is is really uncanny because it's so true. He gives us favor. He gives us all that we need to be all that we need to be. And it's really quite cool.
0: So verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one.
1: Yeah, the Lord is one. You know, it's interesting because He is one. He's, like I said, He is the creator. He is everything. There is no other.
0: So verse five, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength. And these words, which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates.
1: You know, that is really quite amazing if you think about it, right?
0: Well, that's saying that you need to be just immersed in the word, it, it needs does. to be all around you. And that may or may not mean having scriptures, you know, around in your house. Uh, some people have that. I know we have some scriptures around our house, which we love, Mm -hmm. Um, but it really means having them etched in your heart.
1: It really does. Yes. It it does mean that you're meditating on his word day and night. You know, -hmm. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. That's just a constant that's inside of each one of us that we want to be in his presence as much as possible. It's so that he can live his life through us.
0: So in relation to preparing ourselves for those moments of stress that we encounter from time to time, or some people, you know, it's more constant than others. And it might not even be um, an exterior stress. It could be pain, Mm -hmm. like in your body that you're feeling, and that can be another kind of stress. So in terms of preparing.
1: Well, it's really important to understand what he's telling us. He's telling us that To prepare yourself, you have to recognize, number one, that God is our only source. He is our only reason for being alive. He created us. If you can get, and if we can get, this inside of ourselves, I know that this is, it's kind of like this big thought.
0: In Christian environments, we're all hearing this all the time, you know, about Making Jesus first, you know, and all of this. What's, what are some practical steps for folks who do tend to feel stressed about things? Some, some people are stressed a lot.
1: It's so important in our walk and in our relationship with the Lord to understand that we are in dire need of Him. In the morning when we wake up, you know, the Bible talks about praying without ceasing developing a relationship inside of ourselves, that when we wake up, the first thing we think about is you, Lord God. You. I worship you. I give my life to you. I thank you for your creation. I thank you for how magnificent you are. And as soon as we can begin to live a life that is you-oriented, then it becomes a life that puts others before us. In other words, we start getting our eyes off of ourself, and we start putting our eyes on him. And then all of a sudden, as we do that, we think of him when we're dealing with other people. Lord, give me words to speak in this moment. Lord, give me your peace during this time. Lord, I surrender my body and my life to you this time right now. I pray that you use me, Lord God, to touch anybody that's around me. If you're in pain, if you're in the hospital, if you're in anywhere that seems to be any place that's not normal, you can say, Lord, fill me full of your presence so that I'm a blessing to others, so that your light and your love shines through me. We are the ambassadors in the earth. Each one of us, no matter where we're at, God has placed us there for a reason. He's given us the the hope of His glory, and He's given us His Holy Spirit. That means His essence. That means His love. That means His truth that can just reach out and touch the lives of people around
0: us. So this really is all about developing new Habits. It is. New habits of putting Jesus first, a new habit that would be when those thoughts come into my mind, when I'm feeling myself go down the stress road, um, when those things occur, stopping and replacing those thoughts with, wait a minute, I've got the peace of the Almighty God available to me and I'm going to access that.
1: That's right. Yes, it is. It's taking charge of your mind, because this is a battle for your mind. What does it say there in verse 6 of Deuteronomy? And these words, which I command you today, shall be in your heart. We have to get this inside of your heart is the center of your being, in your knower. That's the very core of your being. And we have got to get in our in our core, in our being, that God is our only hope. And you know what? It's not only that. God is love. He is so much pleasure to be around, to be in His presence, to have His Holy Spirit moving inside of us and fellowshipping with us because He will. That's what His Word's all about. That's why it talks about taking His Word. You shall bind them as a sign in your hand. That means the works you're doing with your hand, that it's works in line with Him. And they shall be on the frontlets of your eyes. That means that when you look at things, you want to look at things that are glorifying to him, that are in line with his word and his truth. You know, it says...
0: You know what's interesting about that is um, when you think about your forehead, uh huh, and that's the frontal cortex of your brain. Yes. That's our reasoning, our, you know, probably where we get all the common sense.
1: Right, it is, Where it, yes.
0: where it lives. Mm-hmm. So... If we if we almost make that mental picture of scriptures on a sticky note on our head, mm-hmm. you know, that is
1: kind of like filtering, huh?
0: It is filtering. And it's I mean, of course, we want it everywhere in our brains. Um, we want our first reactions that happen in our brainstem <laughs> to be to be based on the word and, that
1: comes with time and our relationship That's with right. him, yes. but
0: it, yeah, but developing that habit mm-hmm. begins with a conscious decision that that I'm going to take this moment that you know I could be like super stressed out and replacing it.
1: It's very true with him. Well, If you think about that, also the frontlets between our eyes, right, and and what we're what we're looking at. Um, we've got so much stuff, screens and stuff like that, that we're dealing with today that it's really important that we filter through the Word, through Christ, that we're looking at things that are glorifying to Him and that we're keeping our hearts and our lives in line with Him. There's a war for the brain right now.
0: Well, and you were talking just a minute ago about when you wake up in the morning to begin by thanking Him and saying, I dedicate this day to you, as opposed to picking up your phone to see what the latest news is or, uh-huh. you know, what's on social media or whatever, Put him you know, first. leave it, <laughs> leave it sitting there and, right. and give it to him.
1: It's true. You know, the Lord's prayer, when he said, teach them to pray, he said, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And he then in Ephesians tells us to live a life to where we pray without ceasing. We put God first, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We want to be a representative and have his Holy Spirit moving through us, even through our day, so that he can move mightily in and through our lives. This is what he's designed us. If you're his child, he has designed you to be his glory in the earth. Let me read verse nine. It says, you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And I find that interesting. On the doorpost of your house is like when you're leaving, you're thinking about, sure, you might be going out to do something, go to work, wherever you're going. Um and as you're coming into your house, don't forget that that when you come into the house, you want to have the mind of Christ. Well, on. and
0: we've talked about that. Yes, about, we have. About getting your workday off of you before you come into um to fellowship with your family. Right.
1: <laughs> so uh, it's very true. Yeah. If we do this correctly though, even our work, like we mentioned, I that I mentioned the last episode, that if you commit your work to the Lord, even your thoughts shall be established. This is talking about presenting your heart to the Lord, even as you're going to work. God will give you wisdom in your work. He will give you favor in your work. He will be there with you and cause you to be blessed in your work. And it has everything to do with just living a life that's set apart to Him. Now, the next thing in verse 9 that it said, "...you shall write them on your doorposts of your house and on your gates." And I found that to be interesting because it's dealing with it. kind of the word cities pops up in the interpretation in the Hebrew in that word gates. And it has everything to do with, as you're going out, where you go, really set yourself apart that where you're going is someplace that the Lord would have you to go. He wants you to live a life that is the the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Don't turn him off and on. Don't let him just be there sometimes. Let Him be there all the time and really let Him guide you where He wants you to go. Go where He wants you to go. Don't go to places that He doesn't want you to go. Make sure that you commit your way to the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart, the Bible says. But you have got to be obedient. You've got to walk in the way that God wants you to walk. You have to live a life set apart for His glory so that He can do the work that He wants to do through you in this earth and so that your family can be blessed and your life can be blessed and all that you are is going to experience the love and blessing that God has for you. We just wanted to share this little uh, tidbit with you. It's something that we've been, been on our hearts and we love you so much. And we thank you so much for being with us.
0: And we'll see you on the next episode.